Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Cavern podcast where we talk all things Magic the Cavern. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm doing good. Again. Good. It's a good. running theme somehow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess given just how terrible things have been for like pretty much the past 12 months, anything's better than, than, than that, isn't it? Well, there are a lot of horrible things still going on in the world, but the main big horrible thing has, based on my interactions with everyone else in the world, completely disappeared, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I had my uh, my second vaccine. Awesome, how'd that go? F- fine, I felt a little bit shitty for a, for a bit, but it was nowhere near as bad as the first one. Good. Um, my arm still hurts a bit, but I did have a needle and some liquid shoved into it, so... Um, good, yeah, and it was very efficient, and God bless anyone working in the vaccination centre, I can't imagine doing that job. Um, and yeah, like I said, you know, everyone else is acting like everything's back to normal and COVID's gone, so I'm going to start doing the same. Because that's the Sweet. sensible thing to do, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, Who knows anymore? But safe, at least you, you, you got yeah, yeah, you got that full prediction now, so yeah, things are good. I, I feel safer when interacting with those people. Who yeah, are just that's the main thing. Running around and pushing past me, not wearing masks and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm doing fine. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. Yeah, I'm also doing fine. Um, it's it's been a week of, of pretty much the same thing every day again. But yeah, things are things are still still good. Things are still looking up here. Been getting out for a few more walks and stuff recently, which is good. Uh, it's yeah, things are good. Got my next vaccine on Friday, so maybe by the time you're listening to this, I'll be fully vaxxed too. And then who knows? Maybe maybe I'll, I'll do a. One Horizons 2 pre-release in person or something. Yeah. That would be nice. That would be nice. I actually do things. Uh, oh, yeah, it's been a bit. I'm also going to apologise for what is obviously the fan in the background, because it's like 8 o'clock and it's still 22 degrees, and I, I'd, I'd rather have your job be harder when you're editing this than me sweating the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, understandable, understandable. <laughs> it's so warm. Uh, I kind of forgotten what warm weather was like. And thought, oh, maybe it's not that bad, and then realised that any time it gets above twelve degrees, I just hate it, <laughs> and I can't deal with it. So, sorry about the whirring going on in the background. <laughs> totally fine, totally fine. So, how's your your weekend magic been? You've managed to, to play much or do any hashtag MTG finance? Oh, you you know I've been doing MTG finance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I haven't played any magic, obviously, because who plays magic? I just get angry about it on the internet, like everyone else. I yeah sold all of my modern cards, and then cool. But, Just as new modern's about to drop, yep, and then bought the entirety of a, an Urza Lantern Control deck in modern in Japanese. Hell yeah! Like an idiot would do. I'm proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> I just I wanted I mean, to, like because I I did the same thing in Legacy right like I, I built Maverick fully in Japanese and um that's like my deck I tried to build mm. the decks. And I just haven't felt committed to them and just got rid of them and didn't enjoy it, but like I'm committed to Maverick, so I wanted to pick one in modern and just commit to it. And it helps yeah. that the deck is like tier three at best. <laughs> and I'll just learn that inside out, there's a bunch of decisions. Um, my opponents probably won't know what's going on most of the time, and that's the kind of magic I like to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, Lantern Control, back in the day, before Urza was printed, was easily my favourite magic deck of all time. Absolutely loved that deck, and... Yeah, I feel feel some ways about Urza that I don't think I'll ever I'll ever get over because essentially that's the card that got Mark's Opal banned, uh-huh. and the deck changed forever. 
but it, it's good to see. It's good to see that a Lantern style deck is, is still playable. Uh, I did also purchase two copies of Urza myself because I, I think mm -hmm. I'm going to end up just building a version of the deck too. Just before the uh, old border version got previewed. <laughs> yeah, just before the older border, old border version got previewed, but that will only be available in etched foil, so that is fine by me. Oh, I really? Would not be getting one of those anyway. Yeah, all of the um, all the old border Modern Horizons one cards are only in etched foil. That because they're only in collector boosters. I need to have a conversation with my boss. <laughs> I lied to his face oh, about, no. <laughs> about the different versions. I didn't know that. I also makes me feel a lot better because I don't have to go. I mean, it, I'm sure. I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's right. I'm sure that's what they, they said on the stream when they announced them. I've seen uh, a couple. I definitely saw a couple of tweets as well saying, like, "Oh, will the regular ones be available in regular packs?" And they said that they'd be foil only. Because I know people were worried about them for the uh, for the Pringling. Ah. About playing them in, in constructed formats. I'm well, sure they're going to be available in etched foil. If that's true, I'm very happy. If it's not true, I'm sure someone listening to this is getting very angry and enjoying that. So, Yeah, it's probably me editing this. Yeah, swings around about. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. That means I don't have to pick up a bunch of extra old border cards for decks because I don't want to have the stupid etched foils that don't even look foil. Nice. I mean, they, they, look, they look quite nice, these foils. These etched foils. But I, I don't want to play foils in any competitive format. I agree. Same. I, uh, yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, the Lantern deck's probably going to be fun. I think the Lantern deck's probably kind of good. It's just an absolute nightmare to play on Magic Online. And yeah. that's the only kind of magic that anyone's really been able to play and post results for for the last 15 months. So I imagine once Paper Plays starts again, that's probably a more reasonable option and we'll see some more results with that. Yeah, yeah. Quite I just think, I, you know, performing the... Uh, Thopter Sword Loop is just completely heinous on uh, on Magic Online, and having to make all those decisions and your time of going down just probably isn't the kind of thing a lot of people want to do. But yeah, I, I've built that, so um, I'm gonna go for it. FNM. <laughs> That's my plan. Oh, yeah. You'll do better than that. like Urza is a good card. Like as much as I, as much as I have ill feelings toward it, it's a very good card. If you can stick an Urza, you'll probably will win. Yeah, that's that's the hope. But it's a it's a it's a fun deck. It's for at least, at least the person pilot in there. Exactly, and that's I'm the only person on that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's 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 just get into it. So we've got the full Modern Horizons two spoiler now, uh, and the set just looks incredible. It looks absolutely incredible. I think. It's quite clear that they've they've taken a lot from Modern Horizons One in terms of what worked and what didn't work, and they've really used that to sort of fine tune the set. I think we've got a lot of powerful cards and a lot of exciting cards, and there are a lot of sort of cool throwbacks and designs. And I think it's like you said last week, like they essentially these sets sort of follow the same sort of ethos that like Time Spiral or Time Spiral Block had, where they get to do all of these weird shifts and 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 ends of the colour pie and sort of throwbacks to things and reference things and all of these just cool things that they just wouldn't necessarily be able to do in a in a standard set or a product like I guess a, a more I don't know I want to say like a more serious product like like your Commander Legends or your Time Spell Remastered kind of thing so it, it's really really cool that they they get this this set where they do just just go all out with that stuff and love it absolutely love it did, did you mean Commander Horizons? Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of those takes <laughs> once again. <laughs> I think that's the thing, I think Wizards of the Coast have learned a lot from Modern Horizons 1, but Magic players do not seem to have learned anything from Modern Horizons 1 from the, the things that I've been reading on the internet. I don't know, it, it started with um, 
oh, they could print Cabal Coffers at Common and that would be the same. And ended with, this is just a Commander set. And yeah. I hated every second of it. <laughs> I hated yeah. every second of every interaction I've, I've had with, with people talking like that. And like, I understand it, there's a lot of legendary creatures in here, there are some reprints of Commander cards, like Cabal Coffers, we've got, you know, Marari's Wake and stuff, which is a nice reprint. Patriarch's Bidding, which just hasn't been reprinted, and that's a nice reprint for Commander. Some cards yeah, that kind five of... 5-colour legend that casts Black Lotus. Exactly, like, there's a lot of Commander plants, but there is a massive difference between Wizards of the Coast releasing a modern set with a bunch of Commander cards in it to entice people who would not ordinarily be interested in the modern set to buy this set because it has Commander cards in, and Wizards designing a Commander set. Those are two completely different things. Every set has Commander cards in yep. it. It's why we've seen so many broken cards in Standard, because they keep trying to design cards for Commander, and they just end up a little bit too strong. Yeah, like Uro or Omna. Like they, 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 those, those aren't commander sets. No one's calling Zendikar Rising a commander set, are they? Yeah, the it, Core Twenty Twenty when you have like Field of the Dead, yeah, like and Goldos, like which is yeah. one, of, yeah. one of the most com- popular commanders today. It <laughs> those aren't commander sets. They just they, they know that commander players are most of the bottom line, so they'll just put a bunch of commander cards in here. But this is still very much a set that's designed for modern. Yeah, definitely. And I'm really sick of having that conversation. If it, if it was legitimately Commander Horizons, and Commander was at the forefront of their minds when they were designing the set, thinking about, oh, what can we put in the set, then I'm I'm 100% certain they would have not put an, uh, Upheaval and Braids Cabal Minion in this set. Oh, you mean the cards that are banned in Commander? Yeah. Sure? Yeah. I, I mean... What, what if they're about to... I know Wizards of the Coast have, have made, made mistakes before, but... You know, I'm pretty certain. Pretty certain they have people who know what commander is there. Fair, fairly sure, yeah. It's like when Mark Rosewater was doing his, his StarCityGames.com Cabal Coffers. <laughs> After that, I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain he probably went to, you know, Gavara and typed in Braids Cabal Minion just to see. <laughs> to see if it was banned in commander. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I like how EDH players seem to think that magic is just commander, and that's the only form of magic that exists. Yeah. It's fine, like, I, I, mean, I play Commander, I enjoy the format. A bunch of people, like, the only format they play, and that's, that's grand, but, like, <laughs> there's other magic outside of Commander, it's not just another format. And it's really funny. This must be a Commander says It's not. They just put some cards you would buy booster packs, stupid. That's the only reason. <laughs> like, oh, I wasn't really interested in this set where the main card is, like, Grief, which is very clearly not a Commander card, and focused on, you know, heads-up magic. But, oh, I might open a Cabal Coffer, so I'll buy this boost pack. Like, <laughs> duh. <laughs> it's really frustrating to, to see people just sort of miss what's right in front of them. Yeah. It's not a commander set, yeah. it's just got legendary creatures in because every set has had a billion legendary creatures in it since Dominaria. Because legendary creatures sell packs. Yeah. Again, duh. It's, it's annoying. Anyway, let's, let's stop talking about that. I just, you know, I had to rant somewhere in the episode, right? It's not quite as long for <laughs> yeah, as totally. Cabal no, Coffer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, certainly, certainly not as long as the uh, the epic half hour Cabal Coffers rant from last week. But was it actually half an hour? Yeah, I'm so yeah, proud of it. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was a good one. I just said the same thing one. like six times over in five minutes. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's frustrating to see that thing with, with every you know every single set, and it's it's like we we talked about last week, right? Cabal Coffers. It's like the people that are saying these things, they're not you know. Oh, we can reprint Cabal Coffers at, at, at Common. Like they never said that about Force of Will. You know, these people never looked at Commander Legends and saw like 
Hull Breacher an opposition agent, and, and you know, nobody said, oh, it's just Legacy Masters, like, uh, Legacy Legends. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't think they're very good arguments to make at all. No, it's just, it's just cards, and they're trying to sell you cards because that's their point as a business. Because <laughs> they don't exist if you don't buy cards. Yeah. Although I might just refer to Commander Legends as Legacy Legends from now on, just as a bit. Well, because it has Could be. two Legacy because, cards. Because yeah, it's got a whole breacher and, and the opposition agent in there. Two, yeah, two cards for the format. Therefore, two very good legacy cards. Therefore, the entire set was designed around that format. Hundred percent. That's, that's exactly 100%. how. It, that's, that's per my understanding. Right, should we should we talk about some One Horizon two cards? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Where do you want to start? Uh, I think it's only it's only right that we start with the the big headline mythic cycle, right? So yeah. we we talked briefly about grief last week and. My uh, my opinion on that card hasn't really changed at all. Like I still think it's incredibly powerful. I still think that you, to get the maximum value of it, you need to design a deck around it. But I I think that is easily doable. I think you you have obviously the ephemerate thing, which comes into play for all of these. But we'll talk about it. Uh, you you can play cloud shift as well, and yeah, there's just there's plenty of ways and plenty of things that you can you can abuse grief in a well-built deck, um, so I think Grief is not necessarily a card that will fit into every deck that plays black, but I think there is a deck that can take full advantage of it. Just somebody a lot better than Magic than me will probably put that together. I think the thing is with, with most of these cards is that they're two-for-ones that you choose to make, yeah. and it's similar with Forcible, and Forcible has been a staple in every format it's legal in forever. Um, it's a two-for-one decision that you make. So like with grief, it's it's a two point. You get to take one card, but you're making those choices, so it's you can swallow it more easily. And uh, yeah, like you say, I think there's a deck there with the with the ephemerate, but I think the rest of the deck's going to be kind of mediocre. <laughs> um, and occasionally you'll get to do turn one nonsense, but the rest of the cycle yeah. is is uh, in- interesting. I've got to say interesting. They're all fine. I don't think any of them are terrifying. But then again, no one thought Hogak was terrifying, and I thought Ice Black yeah. was bad. So who am I? Let's this is true. Let's, uh, let's talk about Solitude, shall we? Yeah. So I think Solitude is probably the the, the second best of the cycle. I think. So I think I, I think I say that just because grief can be, you know, potentially potentially broken in the right in the right context. But I think Solitude is a card that can see a lot more play in a different variety of decks. So Solitude is three white white for an elemental incarnation. It's a three two flash of lifelink and when Solitude enters the battlefield exile up to one other target creature. That creature's controller gains life equal to its power and also evoke exile a white card from your hand. And it's a three two. For force of swords or force of plowshares. Swords of force swords of, of will. Yeah. Swords of it's an evoke creature. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, I think it's, again, it's, it's this two-for-one thing that you decide on, right? So like, every time yeah. you've ever forced anything, you're like, yeah, I'm okay with this trade. I need to do this, and having a second card in my hand isn't going to make any better. And the same thing here. I don't think this is going to be a four-off. It's not like, it's not Source of Arches. It's not an effect yeah. you want to top out on, because you will just have no cards in hand. And historically, White has not been very good at keeping cards in its hand. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a sweet creature to blink, which is interesting. Um, it's yeah, true of all of these, I guess. 
but this one continually has a lot of value, whereas like grief can fall off if you're like top decking or whatever. This is probably always going to be good, and if it's not good, then you're winning the game because you have a three-two with flash with lifelink in play. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a four-off. I think it's just a good kind of maybe a cyborg card if you want. I mean, the, the fact that it's a five mana three-two with lifelink and flash is not to be underestimated. That's going to be yeah, a powerful of this card a lot of the time, and casting it as a as a free source of power shares is going to come up enough. But I think, yeah. you know, if you look at the other, like, force up cycle from the first Modern Horizons, like, Force of Vigor was, people were jamming it in the cycles all the time when it was first printed, and now it's just kind of, yeah, for that effect, we don't really want to have to discard a card. And that's going to be true here. You don't, you're not going to have the card velocity to be able to keep that many cards in your hand all the time. Because yeah. with, with Force of Negation and Force of Will, you always have cards in your hand because the rest of your deck is basically just cantrips and draw spells and value and you're not playing your cards but white decks obviously unless it's white blue control are going to have to play creatures on the board and they're not going to have to restock as easily so having a card to pitch to this that you're happy with pitching is going to be fewer and far between and I think that's that's yeah, true of the, re the rest of the cycle obviously apart from the blue one which I always have opinions on um, I think it's interesting that we finally have a swords effect and maybe takes down death because it you know it wraths all death shadows in play, right? Yeah. It's regu regularly a thing in Legacy where you saw Splash shows a Gurmag Angler and it kills their two death shadows in play. And that, that's that's interesting, at least. That that we now have that thing. But I don't think it's again, like I think the fact that you have to pitch another white card is is gonna hurt this in terms of playability more than it's gonna help. Yeah, I, I agree with you there definitely. I think that's it. I, well I think there's this not necessarily the same sort of potentially busted deck like sort of grief has i think you can play this not necessarily in four of in every deck but multiple different decks are, are going to want this for, for that effect because you said it is it's going to have that sort of force of will style effect like sometimes this is just going to get you out of the, the spot that would lose you the game otherwise and allow you to sort of stabilize or swing back and i think it's just just a good card just a very good card yeah uh, but i wouldn't be surprised if it sees zero play is what i'll say I don't think it's going to see zero play, but if it did see yeah. zero play, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is ridiculous, how is no one playing this card? I think it's just... That's it, I, I, think, I think I would be surprised, I'd be surprised if it, if it saw zero play, but I, I wouldn't expect, you know, four copies of this across every 75 that plays white, yes. definitely not. I agree. Definitely not. I agree. Right, cool, next up I think we should talk about the, the third best one, I think, in my opinion, which is Endurance. One green green for incarnation elemental three floor with flash reach when endurance ends try one again <laughs> when endurance enters the battlefield up to one target player puts all cards from their graveyard on the bottom of their library in a random order and then again evoke exile a green card from your hand. They just printed this card for me, right? It's quite possibly. This, this, this card's good. This is definitely the sneeliest card in the set. Yeah. Um, this is great. I mean, a three mana three four with flash and reach is just kind of good and I yep. would play that anyway maybe not anyway but that's a very very good rate and then it's it's one shot graveyard hate which we haven't really seen green do like we've got scavenging A's and we've got yeah. loaming shaman from all the way back in the ascension I want to say um, but that's never really made it anywhere and the fact this has flash makes that a lot better you can like surprise do it or do it in response to something um, anything like you know reanimator or dredge or anything like that yeah. just, I mean just Shrinking a Tarmogoyf and eating yeah. it is pretty good. Uh, and the fact that it's three mana as well, I yeah. think, yeah, you can do all sorts of things with Green Sun Xena from Collected Company, like, yeah, Green Sun's or, or Coco in 
this to get rid of a graveyard seems pretty cool as well. Yeah, and then you, you do have the option to do it for free, which in the right matchups is going to be very, very important, like like, like against yeah. Dredge, again, if you do it at the right time, because there's a lot of times where you just don't, no matter when you do this against Dredge, they're still going to kill you. But you know, if they're casting a reanimation spell um, on something, and you can just do this in response, pitching a green card, that's going to be clutch in a lot of situations. Yeah. And yeah, three mana, three forward reach and flash. Eats delvers all day long. It's, it's just a nice card, and I'm, I'm definitely going to be playing it in, in Maverick. Um, probably just a one-off, just a Green Suns 4, and to have that option to just Bajuka block them out of nowhere, but... It's not excited to put on the bottom of the library, but it's uh, it's certainly a powerful a powerful card, and uh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan. It just it doesn't need to be big and flashy, and it's just that it just like fits these sort of niche situations that are going to come up in games every now and again, and I think that's it's a, it's a great design. Yeah, it is. Like you said, it's the, the sneeliest card in the set. Like 100. <laughs> like any sort of green-based toolbox deck is going to want like at least one of these in the 75. And I think I think that's sweet. I I love that this card exists in the set. I think this is this is one of the things that I love about these Bond Horizon sets. Like it gives you gives you cards exactly like this. Like this is a card that like if you just showed me this card without the set symbol, I would I would think boy, oh, yeah, Modern Horizons definitely. Yeah. It's it's just it's just great. I just yeah. I just love it. Good design. Very good design. Ten out of ten. Cool. Uh, next up we have subtlety. Uh huh. Two blue blue three three three. It's a elemental incarnation. That's flash flying. When subtlety enters the battlefield, choose up to one target creature spell or planeswalker spell. Its owner puts it on the top or bottom of their library, uh, and also has evoke for exile a blue card from your hand. Yeah. I think this is the worst one, personally, of the cycle. I don't like it I, at all. I I think it's fine. I think it's considerably worse than the ones we've talked about already. But I don't know if it's the worst one. I think so. It's I think that for me, like the most obvious comparison straight away is is Venter with that effect. Like like this isn't a force of will. This isn't a force of negation. I think at at its best, it's going to be a I don't know. It's it's, it's almost like a like a Venter and a Time Walk essentially because it puts the the card back on top of the library. Yeah, I, I think the, the problem which I which I think it, I think that's I think that that's that's the, the part of it that's potentially overlooked a little bit. But I just don't think I just don't think the card. Does enough to be played in, I guess, the sort of the blue decks in modern. Like yeah. when you, when you're competing with the like the four CMC blue spell, you're competing with with Jason Mind Sculptor, and I think nine times out of ten, I'd probably prefer Jason Mind Sculptor to this card. Yeah, I think there are, there are a few things that, that let this down for me, and like so the fact that they can choose where, they, where it goes is kind of a problem. Um, yeah. If it like always went to top or always went to bottom, like there are a lot more decisions you could you could make because of that. Um, it only targets spells. It doesn't target permanents. So like you can't do events or like search. Sure. It's not even spells. It's only creature spells. Or yeah, that's, that's what spells. I mean. Like you can't. Yeah. You can't like mana war a creature or planeswalker is already there. It has to be on the stack. Yeah. It has to be the spell, which is a problem. So like that was always a good thing with um, with Venser. It's just like it's just a mana war sometimes, and that's that's just good enough. And also acts like a like a remand. Um, yeah. Like you say like it's like a time walk, but. It's the same thing with with pitching, pitching another card. It's two cards to do what I think is a relatively mediocre effect, 
and we already have cards that kind of do this kind of thing. Yeah. You, you already have um, like something like Aethergust was like a, a premier spell for like dealing with prime times. And sure, this this hits every creature and planeswalkers, um, and not just red and green ones. But we already have that kind of effect, and it being a four mana three through flying doesn't make me feel better about it. And like exiling a blue card just it doesn't yeah, feel, it doesn't I, feel I, worth it. Like the discarding the other card doesn't think, feel worth it to me. I think I I agree with you. I think. I think so. Taking this, taking the design of the card in a, in a vacuum, I, th- I think I look at it, and I think based on that, I don't think it's the worst of the cycle. But I think the issue with this is is just where does it fit? Where does it fit in modern? Where does it fit in legacy? I, I don't think it does yeah. anywhere. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the the biggest issue. Like when the the blue decks, the blue decks that would would want to play something like this, and more sort of control decks, like. C- could it, could it see see play in spirits? Like, if so, why? Like, like maybe, maybe it's a sideboard card for for spirits, but maybe. I think even then, I don't, I don't know. Like, what? It's the fact that it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't do anything, like naked, right? Yeah. It, I mean, it does it's a three it's a three three with flying that you can flash in, right? That's that's not. It's not to be understated that that's a pretty good ability. I was just raving about how the three mana three four with flash and reach was good, but it's the fact that it, it it can't bounce the creature. Like you know, you can just you can just flash in a Venser, bounce that thing to the hand, gain a bit of tempo, and just have a creature in play. This can't do that. Yeah. There has to be a spell on the stack, and it has to be a creature or a planeswalker spell. And I, I I don't think that that outweighs. I just, I don't know. It just it, it doesn't feel like it does enough. For the kinds of decks that were played, blue decks, right? It doesn't do enough yeah. of what you what you want, and you're like you already have force negation, which obviously can't counter creatures, but um, is is filling a, a similar role. Yeah, that's it. I, th- I think the the I guess I guess the blue based control decks don't want this because they have better counter spells already, and the I guess yeah the other option is like spirits, and I don't think that deck wants this effect. It doesn't pump their spirits, and they've already got like better cards anyway. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's I think that's the big issue for me with this card is is where does it fit in? I like the card. I think it's a I think it's a like a fine card. I, I kind of struggle to say good card, I guess. It's it's a fine card, but I just I just don't know where it fits. It's just it's also not flashy enough to make its own archetype. Like we said, like yeah, Horizons, yeah. the point is like help out struggling archetypes or like create some kind of new archetype with the cards that already exist. And it's just it's that this is very much a support card that I, I don't think has a place. Like, you know, grief yeah. can make its own, its own kind of deck. But maybe we've seen decks that are kind of similar to it with you know tide hollows kind of effects and, and stuff. But I, this doesn't really <laughs> do it, and, and it's not going to. You know, we already have Venser, and Venser is just kind of a middling card that doesn't really see a lot of play. Uh, and if it does, it already exists, right? With no one's yeah. crying out for copies five through eight of Venser. Yeah, and this again can't just mana wall by itself. So I'm. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think I think for that effect, like Venter's a better creature, and like counter spells are just better counter spells. So yeah, I just think like you're trading, you're trading, you're trading, not being able to yeah. bounce a permanent that's already in play for putting it on top of bottom. And I, I don't know if that makes it like if if that's comparable and it makes it a lot more enticing as a card, but it, it's not doing it for me currently. 
and again, I'm, I'm ready to wrong, but it feels, feels kind of like a miss, which is unfortunate, I guess. Yeah, totally, totally. Cool. Uh, next up, then, we have Fury, the final one in the cycle. That's three red-red for a elemental incarnation. It's a 3-3. Three, three. has double strike. When Fury enters the battlefield, it deals four damage to buy Dizzy Choose among any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers. And then evoke it for one red card from your hand. So, Phantom card is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like this one. Yeah. Uh, again, like, I don't think it's going to see huge amounts of play anywhere. I... I, I don't know. I don't know if this is the. Now we've been talking about subtlety. I don't know if the, this is the worst of the cycle. I agree. Maybe I it's think, not. I think this is better than subtlety. <laughs> um, maybe. It, I think just. I don't know. I think maybe you know. Talk about cards in a vacuum. Though I don't really like talking about cards in a vacuum. I think. Oh yeah. No. Totally. But I think in the context that, of modern or legacy or vintage or whatever, yeah. I, this this just has more applications. I think, and just it does yeah. more stuff. It's it's just it's also. Like I don't know. It, like I said, it's Flametone Carvey grew up, and Flametone Flametone Carvey's style cards have been playable in modern historically, and still are. You know, um, play a creature, it removes something, and this one you can divide it up. You can kill a bunch of one toughness creatures. You can you can kill off a planeswalker. You can kill off a Teferi or a Jace, assuming it's got the right amount of toughness, uh, uh, loyalty. Sorry, um, and it does. Uh, I don't know. That's that's. Interesting. It's also a three-through double strike, <laughs> and yeah. the, the thing with this one for me is we we kind of have analogs to it, and we we kind of know the kinds of decks I want to play it, and they're not great, but you know maybe this pushes them over the top. So I'd be surprised. But it, it it reads like a like a Glorybringer style card to me. It fits that kind of slot of like this is the top end of a of a deck that's like you know playing a chalice and trying to get to the late game, and this just it does a lot of things. It can just you know, flame slash something, including planeswalkers, yeah, which is what Glorybringer does, and then it's a three through with double strike. Sure, it doesn't have pace, it doesn't fly, but it, it's a similar sort of top end to that kind of deck, right? Yeah, I I agree with you there definitely. I think, like again, there's 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 potentially even some sort of build around with with ephemerate for this card as well. I think, like, I think it might. I don't know. It might not even be more difficult than, than a black white one. I don't think it'll be as good as whatever broken nonsense will happen with grief. But being able to put a three-three double striker into play on turn one could potentially be very good. It's like, yeah, it's it can thing. be bolted, but it can't be it can't be pushed. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I think fury with no no fury with no targets, but you get a three-three double striker. You can hit for six on turn two. Seems decent. Yeah. If you can build it a deck around it and obviously you, you like there are plenty of good white spells you can pair with red already so so maybe maybe again yeah. maybe there's, there's a new build around deck there I mean it's just a pyrokinesis but that's been yeah. yeah not great it's not a good card but it's been playable before and like that kind of effect and then you have you have like the split mode right where it just it's a 5 minus 3 through double strike that kills at least one thing when it enters and again if you're casting this where it's not killing anything you're doing pretty good it's a mythology. Yeah. Like if you're just playing this as, as as the creature and it doesn't have to face anything down, then you're really far ahead. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this one. I think it's better than Sosti. I can. The thing is, I think I don't know if I think it's better than Sosti. I can just I can see where it's played more easily. It's clearer to me. Where yeah, this card that, goes. that's uh, that's it. That's it. I think I think that's where I agree with you on definitely. Like this, it's it's a lot easier to picture this. Being played in a game of modern somewhere than Salty yeah, is, I think for me. Right, yeah, that's 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 the thing for me. I think um, it's just it's it's cool. I I like the sort of you know the Pyrokinesis style 
divide up the damage where you want. You know, it, it does a reasonable Inferno Titan impression, I guess. Yeah. As well, and then has the, the ability to evoke it. Um, you can pitch something to it like you could with Pyrokinesis. Like, it's, it's going to rat, and you know, creatures in modern tend to have fairly low toughness. So this is going to yeah. ping off some things. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's a bunch of things, bunch of things it can it can it can get rid of. Like, yeah, lingering souls is, is a good one. Young pyromancer plus tokens. Like, yeah, there's plenty of things. Like Delver. Yeah. Like, and it goes up to four. Yeah, it's up to four targets. So there's, there's plenty of things you can do with it. So many different elves, squirrels. If squirrels end up being a thing because of this set, Fury's probably going to take care of a few squirrels. Yeah, I mean, it can't eat a gamma gangler, which I guess is kind of a problem in certain formats. Kind of combat. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing as well, like when it's in play, and again, a five mana red card isn't inconceivable to play. We've seen five mana red cards be reasonable top ends, and um, especially when you're playing like Tar Chandra Torch Defiance and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's got a home somewhere. I'm not saying it's going to be a four of, I'm not saying it's even going to see main deck play, but it's, it's got a home somewhere. It's a it's a very um, powerful card in the right situations, I think. And that's yeah, true of totally. all of them, I think, apart from Grief, which is just kind of stupid most of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Alright, let's move on to some more exciting things. So next up, let's talk about Ignoble Hierarch. Yeah, let's. This is a card, right? Who, who thought this would happen? Noble Hierarch great card everyone loves it why not have a, have a goblin version yeah what if we have noble hierarch but it's a goblin and makes jund instead of bant and yeah. then it's exactly so the same card yeah one green for a zero one with exalted and it taps for jund colors uh this card is super super cool uh, yeah. i don't know i mean i certainly don't think it will see play in a jund deck uh Whoa, but now. maybe we'll see a new maybe that's a bold claim yeah I mean, I don't know. Jun doesn't play Jun doesn't play Birds of Paradise or Goose. Yeah, but so I don't, I don't, I don't think this will fit into sort of traditional Jund, but there may be a, a new style of Jund decks that are built around playing this card. And I, I don't know, I don't know. I, I, I think, like obviously, you can do powerful things with it. You go like turn one Overgrown Tomb, Ignoble Hierarch. Turn two Liliana of the Veil could could be very very good. Exactly. But. I think for me, at least in the context that we have currently, like Jund doesn't play Birds of Paradise, so why, why does traditional Jund want this? It has I don't know, but maybe maybe we, we do. It does, it does. But maybe we see a world where we see a new builder Jund based around this and based around doing things with Exalted too. Wait, the best the best mode on Noble Harak is the fact that it has Exalted. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. You don't. It's true. You know, Jund hasn't traditionally wanted to ramp because you know wants to go thought season to barble time and go into Liliana into whatever. And yeah. you know things have changed, numbers have changed. You're playing season Paramancer and Crocs are in some builds and, and what have you. But this is certainly interesting. Like making your uh, a barber three two on attacks is is you know not irrelevant. Making a time yeah, is not irrelevant. Ignoble Hierarch itself can attack through through this narrow bridge. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's got the same applications that Noble Hierarch has, and you know, um, Absan what junk decks have, have historically played Noble Hierarch sometimes. It's not a staple, and I guess junk is kind of dead as an archetype. Um, but th they've historically played that just because you know sometimes you want to cast a Fortis on turn one, and sometimes you cast this on turn one, and then cast Liliana on turn two, or cast a Fortis plus turn yeah, one for a bath, or plus a bolt, or you know, it's. It, That's I it. I, I think. I think. I think 
I don't think this this fits in in traditional Jund, but with the print and the Loris, we saw a whole new Jund archetype. Exactly, yeah. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if if this allows for another sort of offshoot or evolution of, yeah. of, of that that deck as well. I think like, the, the fun thing with I think it's I think it's a great card and I love it. Yeah. I just I don't think it fits in your traditional turn one thoughtsies yeah. turn two Goyf slash Bob or whatever Jund build. Sure. I think I think the fun thing with talking about this one is like we know how good this is. <laughs> we, like yeah, we know yeah. how good Noble Hierarch is, and you are too. You know, we, therefore the the, sc- the discussion becomes: Is it good in, in like traditional Jund? Like, is this you know decks that historically quote unquote couldn't play Noble Hierarch because it just didn't make enough of the right colors of mana? Is this yeah. is this interesting? Like, I, I think it's I think it's possible. Um, but I mean, you know, now we have eight Noble Hierarchs. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like I have definitely won games with just attacking with a noble hierarch because I control two other noble hierarchs and I'm attacking for three. Like, and this this makes that more likely. Um, it also you know, gives other decks. Maybe there are decks that are playing Birds of Paradise that haven't been playing noble hierarch because they couldn't make use of the blue or white mana. And you know maybe this making red or black is is a lot more enticing. Yeah. Um, I look forward to the death of Elves of Deep Shadow in every cube. <laughs> it's the main thing. I hate that 100%. card so much. This is so much better. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. That's true. Card's, card's great. Um, and it's going to see a bunch of play, and we know how good Noble Hierarch is. This is just a, a different Noble Hierarch. An Eek Noble Hierarch. Yeah. Great card. I love it. Alright, where do you want to hit next? Um, What was next on the list? Uh, do you want uh, Next up, we've got Ragavan. Yeah, do you want to talk about Death Row Shaman? Or. <laughs> 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 Yeah, Ragavan, Nimble Pilferer. One red for a 2-1 Monkey Pirate, although I heavily, heavily dispute that. It's a Goblin Planeswalker from Ixalan. But uh, whenever Ragavan, Nimble Pilferer deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token and deal the top... and exile the top card of that player's library. Till end of turn, you may cast that card. It has dash for one and a red. Dash is such a good mechanic. I'm glad they brought it back. Yeah, it's sweet. One it's card. sweet. Uh, so this is good. This yeah, is a this good card, card is very good. It's powerful. Um... If, if Fury's a bad mythic, this is a good one. Um, yeah. I, oh, I don't, I don't know where, where this came from. This is not the kind of card I was expecting. Uh, it came, came from Ixalan. It came <sighs> directly from Ixalan. Planes walked onto Kaladesh. I refuse to accept that Ragavan is a monkey. I mean, he looks pretty monkey-like in that art. And in the original he, art. He does, he does, but also just looks like the goblins, goblins from Ixalan. Like, I'm, that's a hill I'm prepared to die on. Like, fully, fully Ragavan Truther. <laughs> Ragavan Truther? Well, that's more fun than being a flat the third, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think it's more that the pirates on Ixlan are monkeys, and they commissioned loads of art for the set, and then decided they wanted to do goblins instead of monkeys, so all the monkeys that would have been on Ixlan became goblins. Or Ragavan's a monkey, uh, a goblin, whatever. Uh, <laughs> this is very, very powerful, right? This is yeah. one of the yeah, most this powerful card is very drops good. that they're printing in some time. Like, the fact it doesn't have evasion, obviously, if it had evasion, it would be completely stupid. Um, but, like, making a treasure token, you attack on turn, like, <laughs> does a good ignoble hierarch impression. You can, if it attacks uncontested, you make a mana, so you have three mana on turn two, and you get to cast your opponent's, top card of your opponent's library. You can also just dash it onto an empty board and, and still get some value off it. I, I don't know. I don't know if Burn's going to play it, I don't know if the prowess deck's going to play it, but this is definitely, he's going to make his own new archetype that's built around Ragavan. Yeah. I mean, when I said Death Row Shaman, I wasn't fully joking. <laughs> sure, yeah, this, no, this I, I think matter, this card is, is very good. But it also deals them two damage, and you get to steal a card, and it, it has card advantage. 
it yeah. ramps it again it has to attack it has to connect on a block right but it ramps fixes your mana and gets card advantage from your opponent's library like this is a powerful combination of things all bubbled into one goblin yeah I, I i fully fully agree like i guess there's, there's another card that we'll talk about a little bit later that i think could it could see a home in a similar deck we you, you just have some sort of like rock dust loris deck i think ragavan could be good in that style of deck i don't i don't know if if your traditional burn decks necessarily want this and I, your prowess deck probably doesn't want it but I, I i definitely think it plays a role somewhere i think it's you know, arguably one of the most powerful one drops of all time. I think this card is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, remember when the one drop was like Jackal Pup, a one mana two one no. with downside. Not even. Now we have a one mana two one with three different abilities that are all upside. Yeah, <laughs> it's very good. It's very, it's very powerful. Very, very I'm, good I'm very excited for yeah. this card. And I, I'm, I'm expecting it to do great things in modern, maybe legacy. I don't know. There's cards. Very silly. And also, Ragavan. Ragavan's cool. Everyone loves Ragavan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, cool. This into, into carries it, right? Into carries yeah, expertise. Expertise, yeah. Okay, you can do a Ragavan theme deck. Now you're pod racing. <laughs> Sweet. Right. Next up, we have a. On my list, I've got a, a cycle here. So we've got some new suspend cards in the set, and I think we should talk about this. We, we talked yeah. about one briefly last week, but. There's a lot more. I think Suspend is a, is a much bigger theme than we'd originally anticipated, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to talk about them all individually for a long time. I yeah. don't think they're really that good. But we have another cycle of, of Suspend cards. We talked about two last week, right? Yeah. We talked about Profane Shooter yeah. and Sky as well. Yeah. So we've got... Um, what have we got? We've got Resurgent Belief, which is one and a white replenish. for Suspend 2, which is Replenish. We've got Inevitable Betrayal, which is one blue-blue for Suspend 3 for a Bribery. And then yeah. we've got, I think we maybe briefly t- uh, mentioned this last week as well, Glimpse of Tomorrow, which is Red Red Suspend 3 for a card I cannot name, but I know it's a magic card that already exists. Yeah, there's Warp World or one of those style effects. Warp World, it's just Warp World. That yeah. is the text of Warp World, but only for you, not for everyone. Um, yeah, cool. I think the most interesting one, uh, the ones we didn't talk about last week, is um, the Bribery one. Yeah, is, uh, I agree. Is is uh, inevitable betrayal? Um, I think it's it's that card's it's I don't know. We've never had a bribery effect in in modern before that I can think of. That was at least you know good enough to actually see modern play. Yeah, um, bribery is reservist, right? Am I wrong? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, whatever. We haven't had it modern before. Uh, so there are the things you can do. You know, <laughs> as foretold, has quadrupled in price since all of these spend cards are printed. Yep. Uh, so you can do that, you can cast it off foretold, you can cast it off electrodominance. Oh no, bri- no bribery's modern legal. Bribery's modern legal, okay, well we haven't yeah, had a... it's an 8th edition. We haven't had a, a bribery that isn't 5 mana, <laughs> which is probably not good enough. Um, so you cast it off foretold, you can cast it off electrodominance uh, free, you can cascade into yep. it, so there are all those things. Um, the thing is, it's only as good as your opponent's deck is, and modern hasn't yep. been about just putting good creatures in your deck for for a long time, and most of the creatures are fairly unimpressive, especially for jumping through hoops to try and steal them. I imagine this is the kind of card that you would put, you, you would build this deck, so you build like the a Living End style pile with Electrodominances or Cascades or Asphaltals or whatever, but you play this instead, knowing that there are a couple of like Through the Breach players. Um, yeah. 
in your local FNM, it. and you get to yeah. take the Remacle once, and it feels amazing. That's it. I think 100% that that's what this this card does. So this card lives in the the sideboard of, of those style decks, uh, and you bring it in against your through the breach and Tron matchups. Yep. You go get your opponent's Emeralds and Ulamogs. Yeah. On like uh, turn two or something. Yeah. Stupid. And that's, like, <laughs> that's the best option you have for combating those decks, and it's very very effective. Um, yeah. I think that's sweet. That's a sweet place for a card to exist. That's a yeah definitely. It's a cool design, agree. and and I I like that. And yeah, you can just mess up. Someone's deck, you know, occasionally you're going to come against Conjund and whatever and never bring it in because you know, getting a time go through this probably isn't exactly what you want to do when you could cast your Living End or whatever you want to cast off your free spells, but I, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Again, this is never one of those cool design spaces that I just love that they have access to in Modern Horizons. I also really love the art on this one as well. It's a nice, a nice throwback yeah. of the, uh, the gin and the lamp. Obviously, inevitable betrayal. Yeah, because Jin's are evil, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a, it's, it's a cool card, and then uh, Resurgent Belief, which is the replenishes. It's a commander card, isn't it? Because we're in Commander Horizons, so let's uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, next up, we have I have no idea how you pronounce this one. Svelan. 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 of the sea and sky. Yeah. One blue blue for legendary creature, Merfolk God. It has indestructible as long as you control at least two of a merfolk. Whenever it attacks, draw a card. And other merfolk you control have ward one, and it's a three-four. Three man, three-four with upside. What is this? Yeah. Modern Horizons. Absolutely. This, is, this this card's great, right? Yeah, it's doing most of the things that merfolk has been trying to do over like six different cards. <laughs> so it, you know, it has. Um, it's a it's a three man three-four that. Most of the time, assuming you're playing this in your Merfolk Travel deck, is going to have Indestructible, and that's just good. And then we'll get buffed off your Lord of Atlantises and um, whatever the Pearl Trident one's called, Master of the Pearl Trident, and have yeah. Island Walk. Um, so it's a very efficient threat. Uh, it also draws a card, so it's an Ophidian. And uh, it also gives your Merfolk Ward 1, and I'm glad that they've run back that mechanic immediately. Um, and it's doing, which, which means it's, um, it's, try, it's doing the Kira the Great Glass Spinner? Yeah. That's that's playing Merfolk for Essentially. a while. It's doing that yeah. kind of thing and you want to protect your Merfolk. Um It's great. So like, you know, it, it protects your Merfolk against uh spot removal. And then if they wrath, this still has indestructible and it draws a card so it can rebuild. It's great. I think yeah, I think it's it's just this might single handedly make Merfolk tier two instead of tier three. <laughs> yeah, I I agree definitely. I think the, again this is just another example one more example of things I love about this this various this space that modern horizons exists in it allows them to look at look at decks in the modern meta and go oh what what can we print to to help a deck that might have fallen out of favor or or just just give a give a tier three or tier two deck just a little bit of a boost and i think this is perfectly a, a very good example of that we're going to boost merfolk up and make it playable again do you know what my favorite thing about this card is what it's set number 69 nice <laughs> <laughs> My actual thing about this is the seven McKinnon art, obviously, because yeah, the man cannot be stopped. As always. Um, yeah. But yeah, this, I think this card is legitimately very, very good for modern Merfolk. And that's what modern Horizons exists for. It exists to inject yeah. new life into archetypes that have been left behind because of, you know, fire design. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like this a lot. I know a couple of people that are going to want to build Merfolk again purely because of the existence of this card. And, you know, you have stuff with, like, um, Kimena. But like this existing entirely in mono blue is, is, is certainly a boon. Yeah, I love this, I love this card. I agree with it's that. A, it's, a, it's a great design. Cool. Uh, next up we have Dam. 
black black for a sorcery, destroy target creature. A creature destroyed this way can't be generate can't be regenerated. And it's overload for two white white. Strictly better Wrath of God. Yeah, so it's a little I mean Strictly better Wrath strictly of God, Wrath of God. Be countered by Spellsner. Yeah. It's uh this, this card's cool. It's like a it's like a mini damnation. But sometimes it's gonna do do a hell of a lot more. I I just love this. Absolutely love this. It's just Wrath of God with a two mana reasonable removal spell on it. The hell? It's just Wrath of God. It's yeah. just Wrath of God with a different mode. I mean, Wrath yeah, of God wasn't particularly playable in modern, but now we have one that has upside. If you're in your black-white deck, which I guess is, you know, maybe not great, because your black-white decks tend to be creature decks and you don't really want to cast a Wrath of God, um, but it's just, oh, it's great. And the name is absolutely excellent. I genuinely can't believe they haven't made a card called Dam before. Damn, I yeah. one thing I would like to talk about. In this there wasn't like, a, like an 8 mana... Eight mana, four, four in the dark or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> the tap added uh, half a blue mana. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just one thing I do want to talk about briefly with this set is that there was a long time we were like, oh man, I wish this. Uh, you know, like you were saying, like this this old card with this really cool name that's just complete dog shit was actually good. Um, but they, you know, they've uh, found a few that that they haven't used before, like Fury. Yeah. And there was never a card called Fury. Who knew? Um, yeah, grief. They've got one one. Uh, one word names, that's great. Um, and damn fits in that, so it's, it's, I just think it's cool. Um, but yeah, this is just a Wrath of God with a two mana removal spell tacked on that you can cast sometimes. That's okay. as, It's exactly as powerful as Wrath of God. Again, you can spell snare it, sure. Um, it's just good. It's just a really good design. Yeah, and I love it. Uh, this good was card. one of the cards that people were like, clearly, see, this is clearly a commander set, as if Wrath of God hasn't been played in modern before. Yeah. And this isn't clearly a modern bent on the design. <laughs> like, this is clearly a modern card. Anyway, it's great. On with the cool. club. Next up is a card which was, <laughs> was revealed not long after we finished the episode last week when we were talking about putting things in graveyards. Yeah. This one brings things out of graveyards. This is Persist. One in the black for sorcery. Turn target non-legendary creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield with a minus one, minus one card on it. This is your thing. Play it with unmarked grave. Yeah. Animate your uh, archon of whatever and your, your Ashen Rider. Ashen Rider and your, your, uh, your archetype of whatever. It's a thing. This is your deck now, right? You can build yeah. probably not a very powerful because we don't have faith in letting your capital stud or anything like that, but you can build a reanimated deck now if you want. You have a you have a two mana and two and a two mana reanimate. Both of which can't target non can't, can't target legendary creatures. So, um, cool. There's your deck. Yeah. You turn one, thoughtsies, evoke grief. Turn two, persist, bring grief back from the grave. Gross. My, fa- my favourite thing about this another another one word name um, is that this is just a persist mechanic on a card, yeah. and it's yeah. got a horrible little Kithkin coming out. I just <laughs> I love the flavour of that. It's so good. It's great. So, isn't and it? again, they haven't made a card called persist before. Yeah. Why, how is Persist not just a really terrible common from like Shadow Moor that it gives them Persist? Yeah, yeah, should have been, should have been. But great. we've got it now. It's a, it's a cool card. And yeah, yeah, I love it. Again, maybe it sees play in the uh, in the black white grief solitude deck, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, turn one, cycle street. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Hell maybe, yeah. maybe just Hell like, yeah. you know, it's it's interesting in the same way that Reanimate was kind of really interesting in the Legacy Death Shadow deck. Obviously, this doesn't yeah, do damage definitely. in the way that uh, Reanimate does, but, but you know, this can Reanimate things. It's probably just a good value thing. Like, yeah, I really don't hate that. It's like turn one, cycle street wraith. Turn two, 
persist to bring back Street Rider. Yeah, and like, you know, just just similar things to Unearth. And Unearth has seen a non-zero amount of player modern for doing similar things, yeah. and this can get anything of any size. But anyway, it's interesting. It's it's cool. it's a cool card. With, uh, it's probably going to be a, a very playable card then. I hope so. It's cool. Cool. Uh, so another card, which I think is going to be very playable at least, but a bit more niche, is Eve Progenitor Ooze. It's a 2 green 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 for legendary creature Ooze. It's a 2-2. Two, two. It has Storm, and Eve Progenitor Ooze isn't legendary if it's a token, and Eve enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each other Ooze you control. Joe, it's, the, it's an Ooze Commander. They didn't Ooze Commander in Commander Legends. This is a Commander set. Yeah, you can go in your Ooze... Commander deck. Going slurk deck. No, no, it's not where this is going. This is going in Ad Nauseum Tendrils and Legacy. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Why is yeah. that obviously the first thing you think of when you see this 5 mana 2 2? 100%. So, uh, yeah, I think I talked briefly about the the Squirrel Storm card last week, and there's been, there's been some chatter in the, in the Ant Discord and some of the, the Facebook groups, and there's been some testing going on with people who are very good good with the deck. Uh, it turns out that squirrels are out, oozes are in. I think Eve Bridgen Ooze is absolutely fantastic. It's a nice sideboard card for Ant and Legacy. Uh, it, 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 in some matchups, it's going to be like so much better than Empty the Warrens. Like the things that make Eve good are that it dodges the the answers that uh, that decks bring in against your things like Empty. I guess against your storm spells really. So can't be countered with Fluster Storm, which is sweet. The users are, are the very least that are going to come in as two twos, so they don't die to plague engineer. I think this card's just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I don't think it's even going to be too difficult to get that green mana as well. Like you're going to be getting it from LED, and you know going from four mana to five mana just really is not a problem for Adnauseum tendrils. I don't think. I think this card is sweet. It's really really cool. Uh, it feels like a completely like it's come come completely out of left field, but this is 100% going to be. Team playing Ad Nauseum Tendril sideboards. Wild. Yeah, I imagine. I uh, love this set. I imagine someone was like, <laughs> what about Eve? And then someone took them seriously. And they yeah, decided yeah, it's actually yeah. correct. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I've also spent this entire time trying to make an Adam and Eve drug. And I can't, uh, too stupid. Because it's yeah, called, it's called Eve with an A in front. And it's like progenitors, like Adam and Eve are the progenitors of humankind, according to the Bible. I'm trying to make a joke, it's not going to work. Let's move on. <laughs> Cool. Uh, next up, we have what I'm calling the Red Delver. Uh, this card is very good. It is it is Dragon's Rage Tunneler. So it's one red for a human shaman. It's a 1-1. One, one. has whenever you cast a non-creature spell, it's the Veil 1. has Delirium, as long as there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard. Dragon's Rage Tunneler gets plus 2, plus 2, and has flying and attacks each combat if able. It's Red Delver. It, yeah. I think it takes a little bit more of a, of a setup than your Delver Secrets, but I think it can get there. I think you build a deck around this. I think, like I'd mentioned with, with Ragavan before, I think you want to play this in some sort of like low mana value Rakdos deck, uh, so you can play Loras as your companion, so you can play your, your Dragon's Rage Channeler in there. I think it's not going to be too difficult to turn that Delirium on. You can do things like you know, turn one, fetch, put a land in your graveyard as one card type. Mishra's Bauble, plenty of Loris decks are playing that already. So there's another as an artifact. And then just like the fact that it has Surveil itself, 
helps fuel the graveyard as well. So yeah. you can do something like put a Croxer into your graveyard. Like yeah, like turn I can see I can even see that. Like turn one you play your Dragon Rage Channeler and a, and a bauble. Crack the bauble and then turn two you play a Croxer and you you've already surveilled like I don't know, like a lightning bolt or something in your graveyard. Yeah, you I mean you can you put your land in, put your bauble in, you surveil uh, another copy of this into the graveyard and then you bolt them. Or something. Yeah, like, yeah, there you it, go. It's it's bolt them to swing for three, like yeah. yeah. It feels its own delirium, I which I think is nice. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, and that, you know, and yeah, the fact that that yeah, the surveil as well can also help put things in the card in the graveyard to escape a croxer. I think hundred percent, you can build some sort of like Rakdos Delver style deck around this, which is sweet. Yeah, and I mean, and you still get to play cool cards like like Lightning Bolt and Bolt Twos. Yeah, and it you know it's the prowess decks at the moment are playing Bauble and always trigger prowess, so like yes, yeah. there's, there's there's room there to to build some kind of deck with this, and yeah, I I'm not sure. I think. Blue Delver is a little bit. The Red Delver is a little bit strong, um, but is an apt comparison, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing with you know Delver, like when you're not casting Delver, you're casting Ponder or Prodan. When you're not casting this, you're casting Bolt, I guess, which is a <laughs> a bit different. But it's it's certainly got potential, I think, in those kind of decks, and I look forward to seeing what people do with it. Yeah, definitely. I think that's it again another example of, of cool designs that might potentially lead to, to new archetypes coming out of a modern horizon set and love it love to see it uh, next up we have caldra complete this card is is ridiculous right um so it's probably. seven mana for legendary artifact equipment it's a living weapon that's indestructible and equipped creature gets plus five plus five and has first strike trample indestructible haste and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a creature exile that creature has an equip cost of seven someone's going to play this in league with a stoneboard mystic they're going to do it once and they're going to decide it's not good enough yeah <laughs> it's got yeah. it's got potential right like this is a very very um very very compelling stoneforge mystic target it, it yeah. does the battle skull thing, comes in, is a creature in itself that you can put into play for two mana instance for the Stoneforge Mystic. It's indestructible, it makes the creature indestructible, so they can't just, you know, push your, your germ token. It's a 5-5, five, five, first right trample, haste, um, and super death touch for some reason. Um, yeah. And all that's very, very exciting. The problem with this, so the, the, the natural comparison is battle skull, right? This is, yeah, this yeah, is definitely. you know, is this, you know, the first thing I, I, I thought when I saw this, like, I've been putting this into play with Stoneforge Mystic, because it's, it's probably better than Battlescore, right? But this is 7 mana, not 5, which means if you find this with a Stoneforge Mystic and they kill your Stoneforge Mystic, casting this is near impossible in any game of Modern or Legacy, pretty much. The um, ability to move over 7 and 5, like, m moving a Battlescore onto a, you know, Trina Nemesis or onto a Flyer, like onto a Flicker Wisp or something, is, is a real possibility. 7 mana is just, it, it's the, the difference between 5 and 7 in a normal game of Modern or Legacy is, is, is just, it's a, it's a vast, <laughs> a vast void. Yeah. Um, this, and the, the thing with Battlescore is it, it allows you to stabilize so easily because it has Vigilance and Lifelink, so it can just put you back in the game by itself. Um, this doesn't have vigilance or lifelink and doesn't block, so this becomes a race, right? And it's a yeah. very good racer because <laughs> it has yeah, haste absolutely. and trample and first strike, and you can't kill it or the thing it's equipped to. Um, that's very, very powerful, but it's just not doing the same things. It's not, it, it looks like a battle score, but it's not going to win you games in the same way that battle score wins you games. And also, yeah. battle score can reset itself, 
it can you know, pay to rebounce it and recast it, which is a thing that you, you do a non-zero amount of times, and this can't reset itself once it's in play. And if I somehow get rid of the gem, you know, with a path to exile, um, then it's just dead until yeah. you get to seven yeah. mana. And I think by the time you get to seven mana in most games, you're probably going to be dead. Quite possibly. I'm definitely going to try. However, it. there is that there is that that other the other option that I've seen discussed is you can play this in your Tron sideboard like Tron could could easily play this cost 7 colourless mana that's the magic number yeah cost 7 colourless mana you can play this on turn 3 have a 5-5 five, five, uh, haste first strike trample indestructible all those those great things we said I I don't hate playing this as as, as a one-off like maybe in place of like a worm call engine Every time I, because I quite like the the idea of playing this alongside Wormcall Engine as well, like equipping this to Wormcall could be sick. Uh, yeah, that I, seems a little win more. <laughs> it does absolutely, absolutely. But if it's there, why not? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I think that's probably a thing. But would you? Like, yeah, yeah, it's just another thing you can cast in Tron. And that's it's probably it's probably good enough. Every time I read the the abilities that this has, I'm surprised every time. But yeah, it does a load of stuff. It's like a questing boost, it's fine. It does a load of things I'm like, oh, first strike, trample, indestructible, haste, and super death touch. What? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I think just in combination, like the indestructible, first strike, and super death touch are, are sweet. It's a really, really cool, nice combination of abilities there. Yeah. I just, yeah, I think it's super, super cool. Where, where it's home will end up, I don't know. I really don't know. But I, I think it, it, it may have a home somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to try it in Snowboard decks. I'm definitely yeah. going to give it a go. Like, you know, I think same for Tron decks. It is quite possibly payable. I don't think it's a four of any of those of those decks at all. But it's it's certainly a, it's it's an option. It's a tool. And again, Modern Horizons doing what it's intended to do, bringing tools to the game. And you know, Cauldra, who's now been completed by the Fractions, which is cool as hell. That's, yeah, hell yeah. That's if nothing else, that's just cool. So like I said yeah. last week, these cards could be completely terrible, but the designs are still great. Yeah. Speaking of uh, of cards that are cool, uh, next up we have Yavamaya Cradle of Growth. Mm. Legendary land. Each land is a forest in addition to its other land types. Green Arborg. Yeah, green, Arborg. Green, can, green can just do all the things now, right? <laughs> uh, this card's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where it goes because Urborg isn't really that playable. Um, but it goes in Commander, obviously. Yeah, it's a Commander card. Yeah. I think it's even that good. I'd, I'd, I'm not going to talk about Commander anymore. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know. Urborg doesn't see a lot of play in in modern orchestrated formats in general. Um, though maybe it will because we've got Cabal Coffers now. Um, yeah. But you know, this is there are a bunch of green decks in in modern, and this is a thing you can find off Primeval Titan. It fixes your colors, makes your land slightly better. Um, Maybe it's just good enough for just like a one-off in most green decks, just so you can have green all the time. I think this might just be a commander plant, like legitimately. I don't think they're intending this for yeah, to, be, quite to be good in modern. Um, quite possibly. I think again, it is. It's a. It is a cool design, like Erborg, and makes me wonder if we'll see the rest of the cycle. Like I would assume, I would assume not, because like blue. I feel like I got blue lands are probably potentially going to be too good. I mean, the white lands won't be good enough. But and they said they're not going to make uh, another version of the another version of this for the other colours. Okay, cool. They, well, that's, yeah, red I because think that's fine. Valakut. 
and they just yeah, have to yeah, ban that it is understandable. Yeah, um, there we go. And then yeah. the blue. Oh, I guess you've got stuff like choke and boil and stuff with the blue <clears> ones, exactly, right? Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't put okay. one for for forests, so this one was fine. But yeah, the yeah. boil and, and stuff and flash fires or whatever the one that destroys planes is. Um, so yeah, that, that's. That, I think I can't remember who tweeted it, but someone with the hashtag WhatsApp staff tweeted they weren't going to do it for those reasons specifically. Yeah, I think it was Aaron Forsyth. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Now. Yeah, like yeah, the red one, uh, the one dry Dithelius and Grove is enough. I think. And yeah. Have it being able to like being able to shoot a, a red one and a Valakut with a primeval titan is probably a bridge too far. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, so. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just. I was just thinking like, maybe this is good in Maverick. It can make Maze of Istat for mana, like Herbal can, and it turns your wastelands into greenlands when your wastelands aren't destroying opposing lands. And obviously you're treating for lands. Possibly. But, you know, it's interesting because, you know, uh, Depths decks play Herbal a non-zero amount of time because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, ta- it, it does that thing. And you cast green spells in that deck, so maybe maybe that's a, that's a thing you could do. Obviously the, the thing is, yeah, you know, Herbal allows really you know. Dark Depths to be able to cast the uh, Vampire Hex Mage. And this, this yeah, that's it. Like, like the the Urborg allows you just to have a proper turbo depth deck where you just go like you know, dark ritual turn one. And yeah, but maybe do it that way. Maybe uh, maybe this is slightly interesting there, but I, I I do think this is a commander plan and just something that people want in for ages because just lands that fix other lands is just a, a good thing to have in in, in yeah. Commander. I agree. I agree. It'll only be a matter of time before we see the uh, the green lightning bolt, I guess. What are you beasting? So, you know, we've seen everything else. Tornet Sting? Tornet Sting? Yeah. yeah, I guess so. I, I, actually, I guess I guess a total side tangent, even though we're, we're running out of time. I, I did see today that uh, in playtesting, Ancestral Recall was originally green. What? Yeah, my Ancestral Recall was originally green. I'm going to see if I can that's, find it. I mean, that's before the colour pie was... Because we talked about the colour pie last week and how... Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very... Much before the colour pie was really a thing, but uh, oh, yeah, okay. originally, some ancestral recall was called Earth Law. It was one green for an instant, draw three cards. That's the beta playtest version. Amazing. Earth Law was then reprinted, was then printed later in Ice Age. Uh, one green, enchant land. When Earth Law comes into play, choose target land you control. Uh, you pay zero, tap land, Earth Law enchants to give target blocking creature plus one plus two until end of turn. <laughs> It's quite the audible they've done on that card. It is, isn't it? It is, yeah. Jesus. That's fun. But that's, that, I just thought that was a nice bit of my favorite, interesting yeah. history to throw in while we're talking about uh, busted green cards and green people do everything. About, right from the start. Yeah. Right from the start. My favorite thing about green can do everything is that when you look at the color pie, green can do everything. Yeah, yeah. Apart from literally saying destroy target creature, green can do everything. And just because of the you know the way that the color pie is designed, what green is as a color, the law behind green. Green can do anything. Um, and I find it funny people are like green can do everything well yeah because if you look at it from a nature point of view green can do everything Uh, so that's all the the new cards we want to talk about there are so many more there are god we haven't got the time exactly I think the set is amazing I guess I guess one one last one I want to throw in because why not it's Ornithopter of Paradise it's two mana for a uh, a 0-2 it has flying and you can tap to add one mana of any colour did, did you bring this one up because you knew it would make me angry? Uh, this card is awful. This card is awful. I saw a lot of people getting excited about this card, and I don't know. I don't quite understand what they were getting excited about. Like, 
Birds of Paradise is good because it costs one and makes any you know, any mana of any colour on turn two. And Ornithopter is good because it costs zero. Uh, and this this is neither of those things. I think I saw a lot of people getting excited about this, and I think um, there's you know magic has boomed. Right, 2020 was its most profitable year to date, despite the fact yep. that no one can play in person. And there are a bunch of people who have started playing magic who have no idea what old cards do, and a lot of them are playing Commander, and, you know, working in, in the store that I do, most of our orders come from these kind of people who are building Commander decks, but all of those cards were printed in the last three years, or reprinted in the last three years, and, you know, whenever it's printed in a Master set, or, or Transparent Master, or anything like that, is the first time I've ever seen that card, and I think these people haven't seen, like, the Murs from Mirrodin, like Silver Mirror or whatever, which yeah, is a 2 mana creature that taps by the colour, which aren't very good, um, and just don't see any playing commander anymore because there have been better, better versions and they've seen, but they've seen arcane signet <laughs> i know what arcane signet is yeah <laughs> and this looks very much like an arcane signet um and i think people are getting excited from that point of view because they they yeah they haven't seen a card i guess i guess before. that's it that makes sense like like I, I i definitely understand that like being able to go like land soul ring ornithopter paradise on turn one and commander seems pretty good so definitely i think for me i saw it and as somebody who would be a self-described like Thopter enthusiast, this card does nothing for me. Yeah. But yeah, if you're casting it on turn one of a Sol Ring Commander, I guess I guess I understand. I mean, it's, not, that. it's not horrendous. Like it's still a yeah. two drop that adds mana in Commander and it adds mana of any color, not just limited to one. Um, you know, if someone's pointing at a removal spell at this zero two flyer, then I think you're up on that exchange just by losing a mana. Yeah, probably. Commander. <laughs> so you know, maybe it has like, applications there. You could probably play it. But like people like. Comparing it to Arcane Signet and saying that, you know, referencing when Gavin Verhey said that Arcane Signet was a mistake and then they just printed this, I'm like, this isn't remotely the same card, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, you know, like, I, you know, Sol Ring Signet is very, very powerful and you can't use the, you know, the, the, like Borrow Signet, Azoria Signet, you can't use those Signets on the turn they're played if you play them off a Sol Ring. And this is the same in that sense, it adds a man on the next turn. Yeah. And, I don't know, it's, it's, I'm probably not going to play it. Yeah, it's maybe, a, it's it's maybe, maybe it's, it's maybe it's better than. <clears throat> Maybe it's a bit better than I would. Was it's better than you thought, but it's given it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, sweet. Okay, cool. A good note to end on, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. Was there anything else quickly you wanted to hit on before well, we, we get out of here this we, week? We plan to talk about all the reprints, but God, we don't have the yeah. time. Um, Enchantress is no. a thing. Shardus Agent is a thing, which I think I called at some point. Um, we have a Nagothian Enchantress. Uh, it's legendary uh, so if you wanted to play Enchantress you have all the pieces available if Enchantress isn't good now then it never was going to be a modern uh, what else I don't think there's any other reprints that I was like Fire Ice I think Fire Ice is probably going to see some play I've seen a few deck lists yep. with it already that seemed quite good Fire Ice is probably a one-off in basically any deck that can cast it uh, yeah I think Riptide Laboratory could be very good as well yep. like potentially you can just do Snapcaster shenanigans all day long yep. if that's in the back of your hand that's, that's a cool one uh, Upheaval big, you know big that, that. Comes really, really good in Commander uh, yeah, yeah. Commander Horizons, where they've printed two cards that are banned in Commander. Uh, Titania, that's interesting. Um, you know, making your Ghost Quarters or Field of Ruins turn into 5-3s is pretty cool. Uh, that's about it, I think. In terms of reprints that yeah. I think are going to impact competitive formats. Yeah, I, I think so. I think the card is... I mean, the, the, set, the set is fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Once again, they've smash out of the park. Last Modern Horizons was amazing. Uh, and this one I think they've they've learnt from the mistakes. They've learned what worked and what didn't and 
yeah, I, I think they've, they've got it spot on with the set. I'm very, very excited to play it. Uh, uh, Flame Rift. There's your burn card. Yeah, yeah. It's a card that cool. seems to play Legacy Burn at some point. There you go, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, so that's pretty much all we have time for this week. How do you feel about Modern Horizons 2? You loving these new cards, loving the reprints? Come let us know on social media. On Twitter, we are at HRFDCast, facebook.com slash HRFDCast. Uh, or if you really enjoyed anything in the show and would like to give back in a monetary value, you can get us up on Patreon. We are patreon.com slash devastation where tiers start from as little as $1 per month. That's roughly 20 25 cents per episode. And this podcast is brought to you by manleak.com. If you go to manleak.com at checkout, use the code HOFD5, you can get 5% off your order, including pre-ordering Modern Horizons 2 seal products. Yeah, still super, super cool every time you, every time you say that. Um, Manalika is just fantastic. Super, super thankful for them for, for sponsoring the show and 100% definitely recommend checking out their services. If you want to find me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I'm at PeachGardenOaf. It's Oaf with an F. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. You can find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. And I also stream on Twitch, so twitch.tv slash PeachGardenOaf. Every Friday night, we do Friday Night Magic. So we've been playing a lot of Cube recently. It's been a lot of fun. And then on Saturdays and Sundays, I do just a variety of different different games. We do Among Us, we do Fall Guys, we do Jackbox games, a whole bunch of stuff. I played a, a nice 10 player Among Us session the other day, which was a super, dream. super fun. Yeah, we were on like a bunch of different streams and it was good. Really, really fun game. Uh, you should play Phasmophobia. Uh, yeah, that's I, something that I definitely plan to at some point. When, when you're playing Phasmophobia, please get me on a modest one of your teammates. I like yeah. the first time I'll I'll weekend. It's really good fun. Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you must at snail69. Nice. I don't know, man. There's too much to get angry about on the internet these days, isn't there? <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah, all I have. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> hey, like we said at the start of the show, though, things things are getting better, and who knows? Maybe by the end of the year, we'll have an Innistrad pre-release or two. The thing, like, everything else is getting worse for like basically every marginalised group and people that live in, you know, Palestine. But the big bad thing that stops us doing anything is kind of going away a bit. So that's something to cling on to for dear life, lest you fall into a deep depression again. Everything's everything's coming up. Everything's coming up borrowed somehow, and uh, terrifying. Yeah, that's rough. Cool, and on that note, uh, we are approaching the second hour. The Godfarer has returned, so we'll see you again next week on Our Devastation.